evening, good afternoon, everyone. This is Trevor Jeremiah Carter, and I'm so pleased to be back on air again after last week we had an extraordinary interview with a wonderful guest last week. And boy, we sure did have a good time. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you all to Yes You Can podcast show. And we have another guest with us. And you know, we almost come into the end of September. That to show you how quick things are moving in this time in life we're living. But I hope you all are well and you all are happy and looking after yourself. And uh, we are going to be getting straight into our wonderful guest, Catherine McCourt, who is going to be sharing us a journey, extraordinary story that will benefit you as well. So before we bring in our wonderful guest, there are a couple of things as usual. Every week we always share with you exactly what will be happening. If you would like to be a guest, there's an opportunity for you to join us on this show. And you can simply email us at info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. That's info livingyourgoodlife.co.uk. So you may have a story, a hobby, or anything that you feel might have an impact on other people who could change their life. Just like our guest who's on this show tonight, she will be able to share with us her journey and what things have happened and can make a difference in your life. So at this moment in time, I want to now hand straight over to our wonderful guest and welcome to our show. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Hi, Trevor. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's really right. a pleasure to be here. That's fantastic. Uh, how are you today? I'm doing well. It's Monday and, you know, Mondays are always the day where people go, oh, it's Monday. But if you you know, hop into the day feeling good, then it's going to be a good day. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But it comes on quite quick. The days are going, the clock's going so fast, the time going so fast. And I couldn't believe I'm on another guest already after Monday. Now, if you'd like Monday again. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, absolutely. Fantastic to have you, Catherine McCoy. And I can show you, tonight, listeners, we will definitely be having a show tonight which will empower you because Catherine got a very strong, powerful, personal life journey story that she'd like to share with us tonight. So Catherine, just for the sake of our listeners, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and who you are. Sure, so I am a transformational life and business coach. And I also have a background in sales and business development. That was the majority of my career up until 2020. So, I feel like I've been coaching my whole life, um, but I decided to get officially certified in 2020. And I felt like there was no better time um, given the pandemic showed up. And um, I was also in a bit of a transformation myself, realizing that I was leaving um, a role and a career that I had been with uh, a pretty successful business for the last 11 years and was moving on from that to go into um, new ventures. And this is where it's led me to transformational life and business coaching. All right, fantastic. And I like how you use the word transformation. Uh, a lot of people use words these days. We don't seem to know what they mean at the end of it. But what was significant about your journey was there a transformation going on in your life and when did that happen if it did sure i mean i i always say to people that my journey to purpose or to transformational coaching really was kind of a two-part journey mm -hmm. um so about 16 years ago i ended up making a big change in my life where i recognized that 
you know, after some turmoil that was going on with my family from a health perspective, um, affecting two immediate family members, there was two different diseases, they were life-threatening, didn't really understand what the future might hold. Um, so taking time to be able to process what I was going through emotionally over that and realizing that I wasn't, so in that I realized that I wasn't really living the life that I had envisioned for myself. And I was in my mid twenties and was like, Hey, if I don't get started now, when am I going to get started on building the life that resonated with me? So made some real big changes. Um, I ended up moving across the country. I moved by myself. I didn't have a job. Um, people thought it was crazy and other people were very encouraging. Um, and I can say that although there were struggles and challenges, um, certainly in the way, um, I've been able to build a, a beautiful life here um, in the West Coast of Canada. Right. Now, doing that at the young age, it did take a lot of guts and willingness to actually say to yourself, look, I'm changing my life and this is the way I'm going to go. And you did that. But what yes. would you say the main challenges were for you before you could step out into the real world in terms of family, friends and relatives? Sure, that's a great question, because I think we all, you know, make choices around um, our environment. So what I mean by that is we have great circles of friends, we have family members that are very close to us. And so to make a decision to move away from them is sometimes questioned um, by those individuals wondering like, you have such a great thing here and such a great support system. Why would you change that? Why would you leave? Um, but the truth is that, you know, when you really have something, a knowing inside, um, you have to follow it. And I believe that, you know, they are your friends and they are your family and the people who will love and support you the most, no matter where you are in the world. So um, they become encouraging for you to continue on the path that you're looking for. Um, the biggest challenge was leaving at a time when I did have two sick family members, but um, being able to work through that with professional help. So I sought out some professional help to help me with the real deep emotional stuff and emotional side of it. But recognizing that I left at a time when I knew that my mother and sister, the two people who were affected were on the, the mend and on the path to recovery. Um, so I felt more secure. So it didn't happen overnight, but it certainly took time to build resilience and strength, um, emotional intelligence, all that good stuff to be able to make the right decisions. Um, and I'm happy to say 16 years later that um, it was probably one of the best decisions I've made in my life. And they recognize that too. Well, now you probably have some listeners on here who are women who are thinking, oh my goodness, I can't do that on my own. I'm a woman going on my own. I'm single. Who do I know? There's a lot of things going in their mind right now. And it can be a difficult journey. And also, I would say, if you agree, fearful. Stepping yes. out of the unknown world. So was fear a factor for you at that time when you made that commitment to move on with your life and, and actually deal with doing what you believe is right? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Certainly fear showed up um, in a lot of ways. And what I can tell people about this situation only through my own experience is that, you know, we all have intuition and our intuition is there to help guide us. So it either 
keeps us from making certain decisions or certain, taking certain steps um, because it's not right for us. But then there's also this tapping of your intuition, which really is telling you to go for it. And you, it takes time and it takes a lot of work to understand what tuition what your tuition is telling you. But once you um, become aligned with it and really understand it, it's easier to make those decisions. So the fear that I had was more the fear about not making a change in my life and living the same way I was and recognizing that it wasn't the life that I wanted for myself. There was more fear in staying in that than there was fear of the unknown of what possibly I could create. Mm. Now, I have to say, I salute you at that time um, because it's an opportunity that you felt yourself you had to do and you did it. And obviously, you're where you are now. It just shows that uh, you made a main statement. If you don't do it now, when will it happen? Yes. And, and you've made it. So, and I think this is where this story of yours is going to be inspiring for our listeners today because there may be people on this call who are in the situation that you was in 16 years ago trying to make decisions and fearful and etc so when you got to that stage did you get a doubt and just throw it on the map and say i'm going here or, <laughs> or <laughs> yeah decide, well because actual plans of where you were going to go how did it happen sure i mean there's a lot more braver people i think out there than me who have like gone and thrown a backpack on and traveled the world um in that sense I was definitely always, or I am definitely always like a career driven person. I have a big drive. And because I was um, turning 30 at the time when I actually made this decision to leave, um, I realized that going somewhere like the UK or to Europe where you can get your visa quite easily before you're 30, I was sort of at the, the end of that and thinking, well, it's gonna take me forever to get there. So I actually started to apply to jobs over in Europe thinking that's where I'm gonna land. But of course, not being there physically, I wasn't getting the interviews that I needed in order to catapult me over there. So I, one of my friends had said to me, you know, you're such an active girl, like you love the outdoors, you love to run exercise, active lifestyle, you know, haven't you even considered somewhere else in Canada? And I, I'm originally from Montreal, just to, to mm -hmm. fill that gap in. So originally from Montreal, and I ended up moving to Vancouver on the west coast of Canada. Um, but I'm someone who loves the ocean. I love the mountains and an active lifestyle. So one of my friends is like, you know, I think you would probably really enjoy it out there. So I thought about it. And then I was like, you know what, why not? So I booked myself a one-way ticket. Like I said, I, I ended up selling everything I had. I moved with four suitcases, rented a place. It was in the basement of someone's home where I, I was already 30, but I was living with three university boys. Mm -hmm. If you could imagine yeah. that. Um, yes, I luckily, there was two bathrooms and the guy sharing my bathroom actually have, was very neat and clean. Um, and then within two months from that, I forced myself to jump into a job sooner than I thought I had given myself some time. I figured three months, um, but I ended up jumping in because I knew I needed to change my living condition just on that micro level and get myself an apartment. So found a job, got an apartment. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> wow, amazing. So obviously that journey, there's a lot of transformation going on there. Uh, there's a lot of responsibilities, yes. a lot of things to highlight that 
becomes unaware of, especially if you move into an area you don't know and you don't know, like the bathroom, you've got two bathrooms, you don't know which one to use because the boys are using it, you're using one bathroom. That's a lot to yes. take on at that time. Would, did you ever at that time look over your shoulder and think, oh, I've made a mistake coming this far? Or did you know this has to happen and this is where you're going? How did it happen? Honestly, I never ever felt the tug of it being a mistake. From day one that I left, of course you have nerves. You know, I'm someone who um, I get anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's not crippling my anxiety, thank God, but I do, I do get it. Um, so certainly I had that feeling of anxiety and constant fear of just like, am I actually going to make this? Like I have no support system here. I think there was probably only two friends or two people that I'd gone to high school with that had lived out here. Um, but we hadn't kept in close touch, but they were really amazing when I moved here to sort of say, well, these are the neighborhoods you might want to look at living in. Um, but I didn't have my core support system with me. So it was tough, but I, I never felt that I made a mistake. I never felt that it was the wrong decision. I just kept this vision of moving forward and knew what I wanted to build, meaning, you know, get myself in a solid career. Um, I studied business and marketing, so I knew that it was going to fall in line with that somehow. And I ended up spending a whole year here. So I think it's really important when people move somewhere don't do it as if it's like a vacation. Don't spend 10 days there or a month there, like really go all in. So I booked that one-way ticket knowing that I would stay in Vancouver for one full year before ever going to visit back home. And the purpose for that was so I could really live and be inundated in what life really felt like here full year round. Because if I was going to make a decision to change living here, then I wanted it to be because I gave it a real try. So I think that's important for people to consider is don't do it for a month and think, oh God, this is hard. Think about, you know, staying and sticking to it and seeing what you can create. Right. Catherine, I'm thinking about you leaving home. You left, you made a commitment, you stepped out by faith. You didn't look back and you just kept going, you kept going. Do you think at that time there was a sense of freedom come to you when you made that commitment away from what you were doing? Is that right? Yes. I mean, I, so one of my top values actually is freedom. I have always been somebody who's, I'm comfortable being a single girl. I love freedom. I don't like feeling tied down. Um, and I'm not impulsive or crazy freedom, but I just, I love to know that I have free choice and I can make decisions on my own and, um, you know, pursue what it is that I want to pursue. So I hate being held back. And so certainly to your point about feeling free, I mean, moving away and kind of not being swayed by anything that anybody said and really setting those boundaries to just listen to myself and what it is that I wanted um, and how I wanted things to, to pan out. Um, was really significant um, to making me feel like I was free to to build what whatever it was I wanted. Right. So obviously, the, as you carried on, how long did traveling go on for? Where did you move after that? Did you move to any other places, or did you finally make that as a last destination? Then change came for you to be where you are now. Is that right? Yeah, I have. I've definitely. Um, 
have just stayed in Vancouver. This is my home. And I really felt that from the time that I flew in, I would say probably a couple months to get my feet wet here. But I started to really feel at home. And as I said, I'm someone who grew up in a very active family. My parents were into sports. My brother, my sister were all into sports. Um, my parents kept us busy. And so to live near the ocean and the mountains was really important to me. And in Quebec, we have beautiful lakes and we have a lot of, um, we have some mountains there as well, like the Laurentians. And, but I wasn't really accessing them. I was living the urban downtown life. I was whining and dining all the time. You know, when I was going through emotional upheaval in my family, I certainly partied a little too much and, you know, hung out with uh, maybe not amazing people, but definitely yeah. my circle of friends um, were always with me and always supportive and great through that time. But what I realized was that just the environment that you live in. So not necessarily your home, but what does your community give you? What does your surroundings provide you? And the fact that I can go trail running anytime I want with my dog, I can hit the water on my stand-up paddleboard um, or go kayaking with some friends. Just having that as my outlet whenever I want is so key to, to my happiness and um, how I live my life. So Vancouver's home to me, absolutely. But um, I'd be open to having, you know, six months here and six months, maybe down South where it's a little warmer and, um, you can swim in the ocean all year round. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, getting that freedom, it's very hard to put a price on it. Yeah. The life you live and you experience, nobody can say, oh, how much does that cost? It's just too life. There's too much life in it <laughs> to yes. put a price on it. And you actually managed to achieve that through your own journey. And I think this is why your story is going to be effective to some of our listeners who are probably too minded about where they're going to go and the commitment and the decisions they make. But as you mentioned something quite interesting came to my mind. You talked about urban area and the country area. Now, we're looking at environment now. How is environment important? to you and to other listeners? Why is environment important? What's the difference? Sure, I mean, I think it goes down to like, I, I through my transformational coaching, I work a lot on purpose. So I, in my coaching, I focus on purpose, mindset and burnout. And a lot of times um, people don't realize that your part of your purpose is your sole purpose. And sole purpose in my eyes is really part of your DNA. It's who you are. It's how you live and breathe. It's how you, um, you know, communicate with the world, with friends, with family, with strangers. In your DNA, your sole purpose is really how you are being. And so are you like, I'll give you an example. It would be like, are you, do you have friends that tell you, you know what, you're such a great friend because you're such a great listener or you're always there for me. Um, because you you care so much or hey you're the you're the social light of our group who always puts together great things so i think it's about recognizing certain parts of your social or sorry your sole purpose and that dna of what what do you naturally do as a person and then what environment will help feed that and what mm -hmm. environment will help expand that for you so because i am someone who enjoys and gets energy from running in the trails or like I said being on the water 
um, it helps me be creative, it brings good energy to my life, then I'm more able to do the things that I naturally do well. Absolutely so, wonderful. Sorry? Absolutely wonderful experience to share that because uh, it leaves a sweet taste into the mouth to realize that's exactly what you wanted and you got it. Yeah, like if you're someone who really needs to be active, but you're living in a concrete jungle and the only thing you can really do is go and run out on those city streets, um, it will only fuel you for a certain extent, but you're going to be missing out maybe on some other things that will inspire you or help you, you know, remain creative or whatever it is that that is naturally part of you. And so I think environment is really key for people. And some of during some of my coaching, a lot of what we do in the beginning is assessing, I, I really look at um, a holistic view of my client's life. And we look at kind of eight elements and figure out within these eight elements, for example, family and friends, your recreation, um, what does your career look like? Those are all examples of these eight, eight components in, in everybody's life. But what is happening in those environments? And then is it feeding you or is it taking away from you? So is it fueling you or taking away? Um, and I think that's very important. And a lot of times your environment, if you're always having to, you know, um, travel far to get to what you want, whether it's a sport, whether it's a hobby an activity versus having it close to you and in your backyard, it will make a difference in how, how you feel in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Catherine McCourt all the way from Canada, and we're going to go deeper into the idea of her coaching practice. How did she get there? What is she doing now that you may want to hear about? What we're going to do, we're going to have a quick commercial break, and we'll be coming straight back with our wonderful guest, Catherine McCourt. So sit tight, and we'll be back. <laughs> returned back to the UK from the USA in 2018. She started learning what it means to be a business owner in the hair care industry. For decades many black women looked too harsh chemicals to straighten their hair. But these days, an increasing number of black women are emitting the chemicals in favor of a more natural approach to hair care. Join us on Monday 4th October at 7.30pm. Montrese shares her amazing journey and inspirational story teaching other women to love who you are and your hair the natural way. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, next week we have another guest who will be with us to talk about hair, women's hair, natural hair. And she will be sharing with us about her experience and her journey. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with Catherine McCourt from Canada. And she has given us a draw of her life and her journey so far. And guess what? We're going into the second part to talk a little bit more about her coaching practice. Now, Catherine, what I find interesting is there's a big shift from your degree as business straight to coaching. <laughs> yes. Now, that's a big change. Now, give it a little insight. How did that happen? And what was the real emphasis about that from changing from business degree Sure. I mean, I think nowadays, for sure, like a lot of businesses are very focused on creating transformation with their leaders, how to become better leaders, as well as, um, you know, bringing purpose into what it is that they're doing, or if they have a product or a service really driving their business from the standpoint of the purpose 
of why this was created or why are they offering this product or service to their audience. And so I think for me, I've always been someone who's been very intuitive when speaking with people, recognizing when they're, you know, almost like they're watching their body language and seeing when they're really passionate and excited about certain things versus when they're not. And then recognizing, you know, um, over time when they've repeated certain stories or they've shared a lot about a certain passion and recognizing that that might be the path they should be on. And so throughout my life, I've kind of, you know, offered books or offered never really, I would never tell someone you should be doing this necessarily, but um, giving them some guidance. And so throughout my career, though, in sales and business development, I'm someone who is not I'm actually someone who is turned off by the old school sales. Like, you know, they say used car salesmen or very cheesy, like always be closing. Um, I'm actually kind of turned off by that. And I'm really about creating connections. And so what I realize is through my career, I mean, I've had a gosh, 15 to 20 year career in sales and business development. And through my work, I started to recognize that I was bringing more of a coach not necessarily coaching, but more of that connection, more of really trying to find the root purpose as to why are we creating these relationships and partnerships versus just trying to sell our product or service to everybody. Um, And it got me thinking and realizing that, you know, this is something that falls in line. I'm creating something that falls in line with how I sell naturally which is, I'd like to think I'm not a cheesy salesperson. I'd like to think that I'm a person that sells from purpose and, and sells with meaning and connection. Um, and because I've always been interested in life coaching, I decided, well, why don't I marry the two um, and create something? And at the time, to be fair, there was a transition happening at my work. Our company was bought by a US company. It was originally a New Zealand company. And we knew that within a year, our company was going to change and the office was going to leave Canada and move to the US. So it was all um, known internally what was happening. So I just prepared myself and thought to myself, well, now there is no better time to make that that, um, transition happen for myself. Now is the time. So I, like I said, I went and got certified as a transformational life coach and business coach. And now what I do is I work on life coaching focused on purpose, mindset, and burnout. And in business, I also work with individuals who are burnt out in their career. But um, I have a program also called Selling with Soul. And I take people on a three to six month journey of figuring out how to lead with purpose to prosper. And we create a roadmap that's unique to them that will create sustainable revenue in their life. Right. Now, what's interesting, Catherine, when you got to the stage where you are on the coach, would you say your journey, you were actually coaching yourself to realize you had the coaching capacity to coach others? Would you agree with that? Interesting. I never really thought of it that way. Um, oh, okay. It's <laughs> really interesting that you say that because... I think just like I, I also suffered. So, you know, when I say a two part, two part um, story as to what brought me here. So one was the transition and transformation from leaving um, where I grew up in the place that I knew best to moving to Vancouver. And then the second part was um, about five years into my move here, 
working for this amazing company that had purpose and had a great um, a great product that they were sharing with the world. It was sustainable and biodegradable and renewable. But I suffered a burnout and it lasted for two years and I never took time off work. I continued to work through a burnout because I was in denial. But what happened, so when you say like coaching myself and learning how to coach others, it kind of did stem, I would think that that's when it started to come to light for me because I had to figure out on my own all these ways in order to help alleviate or relieve me from the stress that I was feeling in this burnout. So I became very resourceful, um, started, well, I shouldn't say started, I went back to doing yoga and when I cried on my mat in the very beginning, it made me realize, and that was why I real or came to the realization that I was actually burnt out at that point, because who cries in yoga? Um, <laughs> and through that, I started to not eat at my desk. I started to not work till eight o'clock in the office, then go home, eat, and then continue to work till like midnight. I just started to find ways that would eliminate and relieve the stress that I was feeling. And so when people started to notice a change in me, they wanted to know what was I doing? Because mm. there was, there were other people around me that were suffering the same thing. So we kind of put our heads together. I shared what I shared was working for me and they gave it a try. And um, then they're like, you know, this is so great that you are recognizing these like time management, organizational you know, even just something as simple as not eating at your desk. So if I could just say eating at your desk, yeah. if you're someone that does that, stop. Because yeah. you can eat your great meal in 10 to 15 minutes and get back to your desk. It means you're refueled and you're ready to be more productive. Mm -hmm. If you are leaning over your keyboard, taking a fork in your mouth every few minutes, you're mm -hmm. just stalling all that process and your body isn't enjoying that mm -hmm. nutrients. Right. Now, you mentioned your family are very adventurous. You do a lot of uh, sports and et cetera. Was that still part of your uh, activity while you were traveling and doing coaching, you know, canoeing, rock climbing, or whatever it may be? Did you put any of that involved into your life? Are you still doing that or anything like that? Yeah, so I, I do um, stand up paddleboard. I'll go kayaking once in a while, not as often though. Um, but I do really enjoy trail running. I have a dog and she absolutely loves it. I have friends that enjoy trail running. So I do trail running. Um, I used to do a lot of road running. So even during my burnout, I ended up running um, three half marathons, which was insane. Um, but I would say that mostly. And then I do have a bike. So I get on my bike every now and then. So I, I'm always active. I have to keep moving. It's part of who I am. I know that when I'm I'm the type of person who, you know, a week will go by and someone will say, hey, when was the last time you ran? And I'll say, mm. oh God, I don't remember. And they'll, they'll be like, yeah, I think you need to go again because it means yeah. I'm getting moody. <laughs> <laughs> Always in the back of your mind, you got to do something to keep yourself active, which you are doing. And, yes. Um, and the reason well, my I mother, if, sorry, if I could just say, my mother is really a big inspiration for me. She's 82 years old. She's combated colon cancer years ago. And um, she plays golf like every second day and she just never stops moving either. She's, she's out there doing yard work or golfing and she's, she's really a big inspiration to me. Right. 
Fantastic. Uh, salute to all mothers out there and fathers who have been an inspiration to our sons and our daughters and our families because they've left an example. And I'm sure, Catherine, your story today is a great honor to be able to share that with our listeners today to show that if it can do for you, it can also happen for them. Now, you're a coach. I would call you a transformational coach. And you've found your destination. You've found your real life experience of making difference in other people's lives. Now, one of the things that stands out very heavy is burnout. Now, the pandemic, people working remote from home, the stress levels going up. It seems like it's a total different, what we call normal now, for people to actually live this way. But stress and burnout is on a rise. What would your advice be and how did you cope with it practically for you to actually get yourself back to the place where you feel more in control and uh, for, for our listeners to know the steps that you can take? Yeah, I love how you say in control because I think a lot of people feel out of control when they're in burnout and there are some simple steps that they can take to start feeling in control. And one of them is an exercise that I do with my clients called the reactive and proactive state. And we really just make a list of all the things that you're potentially being reactive to. So for example, emails, phone calls, text messages, you know, we have the technology that's with us 24 seven. And so we're constantly listening and waiting for that ding to happen or see what's next or, you know, so it's keeping us on alert all the time. Um, the other thing would then be looking at the proactive side. So what are the things that you know that you need to get done that you actually um, enjoy? Um, maybe some of them, you won't enjoy them necessarily, um, depending what they are, but you know that they just have to be done. And then make the list of those things. And then when you look at your reactive list and compare it to your proactive, it's likely that the reactive states are correlated to why you're not getting the proactive stuff done. So reactive is out of control because you're allowing things inundating you, causing you to react versus being proactive where you say, no, I know that I, I need to get this by, do this by one o'clock, or I need to do this first thing in the morning to make sure that I get it done. Um, and you're setting boundaries around that, then that means that you are in control and you'll feel so much better about your day. The other thing I would say too with burnout is just, People don't realize that when you're burning out, it's because you're giving back to yourself less. So there's a, probably a lot less self-care that's happening. And I know people are doing their best. Everyone's doing their best, meaning, you know, getting in even 15 minutes of a workout, <clears throat> excuse me, or something like that, that will, they think is fueling them. But if you're so burnt out and you're not actually dealing with the true root of the issue, then it's never gonna go away. You're just gonna keep compounding it or you're going to keep feeling it day after day after day. So the key here is to make self-care a priority. You deserve self-care. You deserve that extra half an hour, 15 minutes in the morning to enjoy your coffee instead of grabbing it, maybe spilling it on yourself and running for the elevator or the, the train or whatever. Um, you really do deserve self-care. So if you can prioritize some self-care, what happens is you automatically start wanting to give more to the other things because you've been taken care of first. Mm, right. Now, Catherine, it's probably something you're very familiar with. And I mean, I'm a coach myself and I always look at people with stress or burnout 
and you mm. try to approach it in a nice way without offending them. And they're like, nah, nah, I'm okay, I'm okay, denial. And I find that happening yeah. a lot and a lot. And you can see it with your own eyes. You're suffering. You're burnt out. Come on. Yes. It's about being real, being honest. Because I went through depression myself as well. And I was in denial. And I had mm. to grab myself and ask myself some serious questions. What am I doing? Yes. What am I doing? And that's when the light bulb came. And I realized I have to look within myself and realize I've got to stop this. Only me can do that. But what we're finding now is the ego gets in the way. Yes. People are saying, no, I, I'm okay. Don't, they, don't, they don't even like the word stress or burnout. They just don't like the word. It frightens them for some reason. Now, from your perspective, Catherine, and um, technically, there's a, people don't understand. What's the difference with stress and burnout? And how can you tell the symptoms of somebody's stress or burnout? Sure, that's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know if I have the exact answer, but, <laughs> but normally what I see is when people are constantly being reactive, it's causing stress in their life. But when someone is burnt out, the symptoms are a lot stronger, meaning that they aren't sleeping well at all. Um, they aren't eating right because they're they're just so busy that they're not they're not taking time to eat at proper times or they're not fueling themselves with the right things. It's just easy on the go stuff. Um, but another big one is digestive system. So if people are experiencing a change in their digestive system, that's an immediate sign that something is going mm. on internally. And it's likely being caused by external factors that are affecting you um, and your stress level. So that was a big one for me was digestive. Um, I had a friend who was a doctor who said to me when I told him like, oh my God, I'm starting to break out in a rash every now and then, or, you know, my gut just doesn't feel great. And he said, you know, how long has this been going on for? And when he, he realized like, no, you really are in burnout. He's like, your body is angry at you. Mm. And that's exactly what it's doing. You know, in there's something to be said about um, your body. If you listen to your body, your body will tell you everything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I would say, you know, the the sleep thing, digest changes in your digestive system, certainly. Um, and just feeling reactive all the time. Those are real signs of burnout because you're not in control anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting to find out you actually work with businesses. Um, obviously, burnout for managers, CEO, the stress. Um, are, they, are they really in denial, some of the clients that you identified that they're burnout? Or are they quite open to say, you know what, Catherine, I am burnt out. I, I need some help. How are they approaching these things when you actually approach them and give help and support? Sure. I think a lot of them, I think they have the best intention of admitting that there is burnout existing there. But, you know, a lot of people are, are just, um, they show up at work with a very high work ethic. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe they're overachievers. And it's very, those are the harder ones to get to admit that something is just not flowing the way that it should um, mm -hmm. for them. But um yeah, I would say for the most part, it's, you know, as a coach, as you know, being a coach as well, is that our job is not to go in and tell 
Our job is there to ask questions and to uncover what's really happening within someone's life and bringing that, those things to the surface for them. And that becomes their aha moment. So if I can do more of that without uh, making someone feel ashamed that they're burnt out, because believe it or not, there's a lot of shame around it when you're someone who is a high achiever and you, you think you've got it all under control um, and you want to succeed it's sometimes makes you feel shameful that you're burning out doing something that you think you should be doing um, at the top level that you can. So it's about removing that shame and just giving them a bird's eye view from the questioning and some of the exercises that we do so they can come to the realization, realization themselves to recognize that, you know what, something isn't right here. And I do want to become more productive and, Mm. um, yeah, help me help me be more productive is kind of where we get to is, yeah. all right, let's tweak the way that I'm working. Um, right. And as long as you have, you can bring them to that light and, and they can come up with the right solutions that work for them uniquely, um, then usually it goes very smoothly. Right. Well, I can see why you've been doing it for so long, because the passion in your heart is actually helping other people to identify some of these symptoms and burnout, how they can take more control of their life. Now, with your work that you've been doing for so so long, Catherine, from your experience, would you say it's got worse? Burnout has got worse with people than say five years or 10 years ago? And if not, what kind of thing do you provide for people who are at that level where it's like a high peak of stress or or breaking burnout? How do you approach it in two ways? Sure. I I mean, I think burnout has always been there. I think it's just we've coined it something different over the years. And I also think that now we talk about it more. So it might seem that it's more. But certainly, I think when technology really came into play, such as having a phone um, that you know, you can have everything on and now it's gone from a phone to a watch. So you'll see people with people with both a phone and a watch. Um, They don't realize sometimes how that's actually affecting them and how that's contributing. So I'm, I'm not someone to say like, just give up your technology or unplug all the time. It's about being smart about how you do it Mm. and when you do it and, and how that's going to give back to you if you start learning to be proactive with your technology rather than being reactive to it. So now um, I have a program called uh, Busting the Burnout. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it is a program that, again, I can work for a month, three months, six months, depending on where this individual wants to take it. Um, But it's called Busting the Burnout. And it really goes through a holistic view of where this person is at What are all the contributing factors that could be creating this burnout um, and taking them through a series of exercises and sessions um, that hopefully help them learn to um, maneuver in a healthier and better way? Because that's really what we want. We want people to stop glamorizing being busy. We want people to stop glamorizing, you know, working around the clock because no one really needs to, unless you're a doctor and you're saving lives, you have to consider um, what I'm doing. Like, why am I, why am I allowing it to break me? And how important is this um, to take away from my health? You need to ask yourself that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously, 
doing this work for so long, you do see different behavior change, attitude change, your clients come, your customers come. What I want to find out from you, Catherine, is what's the biggest turning point for you in your coaching practice, what you've been doing now for so long? What would you say the turning point is for you, for people who come to you and the work that you're doing? Um, I think just recognizing, I mean, I think for most coaches, we coach a lot about things that we've been through ourselves or ways that we've been able to help others and really combine that in the practices that we do and, and try and shed light for others um, in our work. And I think, you know, for me, the change was just recognizing, like, if I am going to help people, how best can I help them? But also recognizing that a lot of what I went through you know, even eight years ago, such as that burnout is something that's on the rise right now. So I almost feel like because I, I've lived it and I've survived it and, you know, I'm physically healthy again, I feel like I've got my mental health back. Um, not that I ever really lost it, but burnout, you do, you do lose it to an extent yeah. um, because you're so exhausted all the time. Um, I just think that you know, if I can even help one person just by sharing that story or with the program that I have um, to bust that burnout, then I feel like I'm doing my work, my greatest work. Absolutely. So give us an example before we wrap up. What kind of clients are coming to you? Are they parents? Are they professionals or are business people? Sure. Sure. I mean, it's a bit of a variety, but I, I say that I work with individuals and entrepreneurs. Uh, entrepreneurs really live, um, it depends what stage they're at in their entrepreneurial journey, but, you know, entrepreneurs do live a bit of a lonely life sometimes, depending on what um, crowd they have around them that's supporting them, but it, it can be very lonely. Um, but also there are individuals who want to step into an entrepreneurial journey and it's scary and they don't know like, why me? Why am I doing this? But it's really what I want. Um, I can help um, guide them and support them in creating that right roadmap for them. Mm -hmm. um, I would say most people come to me because they're stuck. Mm -hmm. um, they're unfulfilled. They're not sure what direction they want to take their life. Or maybe they've had this idea for a long time of like, I know I want to do this. And they haven't actioned it yet. And they just need help and a push to start that action in the direction that they want to go. So that would be my purpose program. So I have four main programs. Mm -hmm. That would be the um, Ignite Your Soul, Discover and Unleash Your Purpose. The second one is for entrepreneurs or people who are running their own business. So it's purpose to prosper. So that's um, where we look at how do we build purpose around your business or service um, or product to create prosperity for that business. Mm -hmm. Then it's busting with burnout. And then the one I mentioned before about selling with soul. So if you're a sales individual looking to up-level your sales, if you're a company that lo looking to up-level your sales, I have that. If you're someone looking for purpose and bringing purpose into your life or discovering your purpose, I help people with that. Busting burnout. And then if you're on an entrepreneurial journey or want to increase your sustainable revenue with your business. I can imagine. Sounds like a lot, but it actually is funny enough that I have some clients that will go in one or, or sorry, two or three programs. We combine it because they're just on that path and they just, you right. know, we can hit sort of three different areas for them. 
Right. Well, Catherine, as you agree, there can't be a better time than now with what's going on. Because people are losing their jobs and they're not too sure what to do with their lives. Yes. Entrepreneurs don't know what to invest into. So I can imagine the package you have is beneficial. And it's it's open as a platform for many opportunities for entrepreneurs and businesses. So um, with the work that you're doing, do you have any books or any courses or anything like that? Um, so the programs I have are all right now, either small group or one-on-one -on -one programs. They're all on my website at katherinemccourt.com. And um, right now I also have on my website free guides. So if you're someone looking for purpose, if you want to set new year goals and set your new year up for success, and if you want to bust your burnout, I have three free guides on my website that you can download and it's absolutely free. And it will take you through a few steps that will hopefully get you on the right track. Right. Fantastic. So the funny thing is, what's your long-term plan with what you're doing right now? What's your long-term plan? Sure. Um, well, I recently launched my own podcast and it's called Fearless Future with Catherine McCourt. And it is just about experiences, tips, tools from a transformational um, coaching perspective. But mm -hmm. also I bring guests on to interview them and hear their stories because I think sharing other stories can be so inspiring to get people to realize that A, they're not alone or B, it might be some path that's similar that they want to get on and um, hopefully it will help them on that journey. So launch the podcast this year. I am in the process of writing a book, um, mm -hmm. two books actually. So one will be more of a thrive guide. So it'll just be a shorter version, um, a thrive guide. And then um, another one will be a book, which is more about um, the, my life experience and um, doing certain things as a single woman. Um, right. throughout my life and hopefully yeah. to inspire others not necessarily to stay single but meaning that you know don't be don't be scared if you're single you can still build a really um, prosperous life right well ladies and gentlemen we've had a very interesting interview with Catherine McCourt she's actually letting you all know as listeners don't be afraid to step out of the box don't be afraid to step out of the box she did it she's where she is now and she's happier than happier doing what she's doing and I'm sure you all can learn and please do get in touch with Katerine with her website and she's having her own book available and also a podcasting station so you'll be able to get involved and interact and learn more so Katerine it's been absolutely wonderful to have you and uh, I always say thanks to technology we can actually connect with people all over the world and it gives us an opportunity to spread the word which we are doing today so ladies and gentlemen, uh, just before we end, just to ask you, Catherine, what's your final word for everybody on this show? What would your final message be? I think if you have something burning inside of you, go and explore it. Don't wait. Absolutely. That's what she's saying. It's my, my pursuit for purpose. What is your purpose, ladies and gentlemen? Catherine sharing hers and her story is real. What is yours? So ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you for coming along and we'll be back again next week as usual with another guest and at this moment in time thank you for coming and again to get if you want to be on our show get in touch with info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk once again thank you for listening and take care and don't forget celebrate take care thanks trevor